Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Returning to the Heart of Jesus. I'm your host, Bill Wegner, and it's a great blessing for me to be here with you for our short time together. So let's uh, do what we do each session. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us in a powerful way uh, for our time together as we pray together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome, as I said, and uh, I thought that maybe uh, today we would spend a little time uh, speaking about uh, one of my heroes uh, in, in scripture, for sure, uh, and that's uh, St. Joseph. This is the year uh, 2021. This is the year proclaimed by Pope Francis as the year of St. Joseph. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means basically that we're going to honor St. Joseph in a special way. Uh, we're going to, um, we're going to have uh, novenas. We're going to have special events. Um, I did a, a parish mission in uh, North Dakota in the Fargo Diocese of North Dakota a while back, and it was uh, a, a Lenten parish mission in honor of the year of St. Joseph. So uh, I thought we spent a little little time, and I would talk to you a little bit about St. Joseph and why so much that I love him and uh, pray to him. Uh, my wife and I, my wife Cheryl and I, every night we do a novena to St. Joseph because we have a great respect and, and honor of him. Um, so I will start by saying this. St. Joseph is somewhat of a, a mystery in, in scripture because we hear about him in the beginning, in the narrative, especially of the birth of Jesus. But then after a while, he kind of goes away. Now, um, we don't know a lot about St. Joseph. That's for sure. We don't know uh, about his background. We don't know. Um, we just know that he was a carpenter, uh, he was a businessman, he was a, an artist, because back in those days, in Jesus's days, you, you could pretty much be assured that if any um, carpenters who worked with wood would also work with stone. So there was a, there was a creativity there in, in, uh, in St. Joseph. Uh, we first meet him, we first meet him in the uh, when we're talking about uh, the Annunciation. He's, he's right there for that. Um, we're told that an angel comes to visit uh, Mary who uh, lived in Nazareth and she was a virgin and, but she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. And uh, well, what does that mean, betrothed? I, when I was growing up, I was always a little bit confused by that. What does that mean? Because um, they were betrothed. They didn't live together, but they were considered husband and wife. And that's, uh, that's what it was. They were, um, the betrothal was a, a beginning, first part of the marriage. They were considered husband and wife, but after that ceremony happened, they didn't live together for a while, sometimes for months. Um, I don't exactly know the rationale for that, but maybe it was 
so you can get yourself in order. So uh, the man could have a place for his wife to come when, he, when she started to live with him. And so she could, she could say goodbye to her family and so on and so forth. So uh, they were husband and wife considered, uh, husband and wife, and, and, but they did not live together at that time. And then the, uh, the angel comes and tells, tells Mary that she's going to become pregnant by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And of course, Mary, because she's a, even though she's a young woman, she's logical. She's like, how can that happen? I have no relations with a man. And then the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to have a baby and you're going to name that baby Jesus uh, and so on and so forth. And then after a while, uh, Mary goes, she visits Elizabeth, uh, her older cousin who is pregnant and uh, eventually gives birth to who we know is John the Baptist. And, uh, but while she's away, you know, she's, she's on a visit. When she comes back, uh, it's very obvious because she's gone for, a, for quite a while. It's very obvious that Mary is with child, that she's pregnant. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure in that society back then, it's not like today where we go, oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, it's not like that. It's, it's uh, very strict. And the, the Mosaic law says if you uh, commit adultery, there's serious consequences to that. And then we hear about Joseph. And it says, Joseph is a righteous man. What does that mean, he's righteous? Well, that means, first of all, that he obeys the law. He obeys the law. And the law says that if your wife commits adultery, which of course everyone back then, including Mary's parents, would have thought right out of the gate that that's what she did and that she was unfaithful to Joseph. And Joseph, this is his wife now, Joseph, um, could, if he was a different person, uh, the, the penalty for adultery is the stoning to death of that woman. But in order to save her from that shame and that embarrassment, he really doesn't say anything about that. He keeps, he keeps quiet about that. And then later on that night, and I'm sure I can't even imagine the turmoil in that village, the turmoil in that family, the turmoil of Joseph um, with his family and friends and all of that stuff. And then uh, that night, Jesus, uh, Joseph is sleeping and he has a dream and the angel says to him, Joseph, Joseph, it's okay. It's okay, take Mary into your house as your wife and take that child as your own. And Joseph being righteous, being faithful, uh, being obedient does exactly what the angel says. Well, a while later, a while later, uh, they find out the whole town, the whole 
world, in effect, finds out that uh, they're going to have what we would call a census. We just went through one of those in 2020 uh, and everybody's uh, supposed to be counted. And it, it came from Caesar Augustus. He said, I want everyone to go back to the village and town that they were uh, born in. And I want you to uh, go there or go to the, the place where your ancestors are from and you will be counted. So being an obedient, even to the civil authorities, Joseph takes Mary and they head on a journey, quite a journey, uh, to Bethlehem. And when Joseph and Mary get to Bethlehem, Mary basically tells Joseph, it's time for the baby to be born. And as a father and, and as a husband, myself, how stressful is that? And on top of it, everything, every inn, every uh, place that would rent out a room is packed full. Can't find it anywhere. And, and uh, Joseph must have been on the verge of panicking because here his young wife is about ready to deliver this baby and there's no place for them to go. Finally, finally, finally. They find a, 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 a person in the village of Bethlehem that says, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. The only thing available is my stable where my animals are. And, and what is Joseph to do? He has no choice. He takes Mary into the stable. They fix up the manger. And of course, Jesus is born there. Jesus is born. And... Uh, it's, it's, it must be unbelievably stressful, but, but unbelievably beautiful. And uh, all of a sudden, shepherds are coming to visit them, to pay homage. And they're told, we know that this baby was born. We know who this baby is because the angels told us they were singing. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary just going, oh my goodness. What is this gonna be like? And Joseph, being the father, being the provider, must think to himself, this is gonna be a very interesting life. That's for sure. That's 100% for sure. And, and uh, he must be a little bit stressed. I saw uh, one account, uh, a film once, and he knows, Joseph knows who's that, who that baby is. Joseph knows who Mary is and Joseph knows who the real father of that baby is. And, and here's what he says one time to Mary. He says, I just wonder if I'll be able to teach him anything. Isn't that beautiful? Of concern of a father being able to teach God's son something. Well, you know what happens after that? Herod, even even finding out that he was deceived by the Magi who, who had come to visit him, he sends out his soldiers to slaughter every baby in that area, in the Bethlehem area, every baby in that area that's two years old or younger. So what happens? Joseph has another dream and the angel appears to him and says, 
get up, take your wife and take your baby and go to Egypt where you will be safe. Go to Egypt. At that time in history, Egypt was a sanctuary for refugees and people in trouble. And, and what does he do? Smart, obedient, faithful Joseph says, it's time to go, Mary, it's time to go. And, and they go to Egypt. They stay there for years. They stay there for years and uh, he protects them. I'm sure he has his business there, his carpentry. And, uh, and, and he, they, they stay there until it's safe to come back. And then Jesus, uh, Joseph brings them back, Jesus and Mary back. Uh, and and they, they wind up settling in Nazareth. And, uh, and we still know, we still know that Jesus is, is there. They, they take him and they present him in the temple. And uh, we know that Joseph and Mary were there together. Remember, they meet Simeon. And they meet Anna and uh, Simeon and Anna are both kind of prophets. And Simeon says, as soon as they walk in, Simeon says, Lord, your servant is ready. You can take me now because I've seen the salvation of Israel. I've seen the salvation of Israel. And, and uh, they go back home. And it says that Jesus, with the tutelage and the training of Mary and Joseph, that they... Uh, he grows in strength and wisdom, strength and wisdom. And then another story that we hear where Joseph is, is involved in that is that um, when, when Jesus is 12 years old, they go up as they do every year to the temple uh, for the holidays. And uh, as, as they're, they're in a caravan with their families and, and their friends and, and, uh, when they're coming back, when they're coming back, Jesus uh, is not with them. Mary thinks he's with Joseph. Joseph thinks he's with Mary, or they both think that he's with some family and friends. But after a while, they discover that he's not with anybody, that he's not with the caravan coming back. And uh, they turn around and they go back to the temple in Jerusalem. Come on. As parents, as grandparents, as, as aunts and uncles and cousins, and uh, how stressful would that be to think you've lost your only child? He's, he's nowhere to be found. They look for him for three days, for three days. Um, I'll tell you a story. My oldest son, Brian, when he was in kindergarten, uh, he was trained that when he got off the bus, if, because sometimes the bus was early, sometimes it was a little bit late, that he's to come up to, his, to the house, knock on the door, and his mom would answer the door. And, uh, well, one day he gets off the bus and uh, he knocks on the door and there's no answer. So he's trained to go three houses down and knock on that door because we know the neighbor and just uh, say, there's no one home at my house. Can I stay at your house for a little while? And that's what he's trained to do. Well, one day I'm, I'm a teacher back then. Uh, I'm in my classroom and I, I, uh, I get a message on the, 
intercom, Mr. Wagner, can you please come down to the principal's office? So that's unusual. It's in the middle of the day, it's one o'clock. So I, I go down to the office and there's a, Bill, he says to me, there's a, there's a phone call. It, it's your wife. I said, okay. So I go, hello. And the voice says, is Brian with you? I'll tell you what, my heart was in my socks. I said, of course he's not with me. I'm at school. He's not, of course he's not with me. Well, he, he never got off the bus and uh, we, you can't find him anywhere. So I get in my car, I go riding over there. I, I The whole time I'm thinking, what could happen to my little boy? Where, where could he be? And this was just hours. I'm not, this isn't like a Joseph and Mary, the three days. This is just a, an hour. And I go, I, I drive there and I'll tell you what, there's cops all over the place, police cars, everything all over the place. Everybody's looking around, everybody's this and that. And, I'll, and I'm standing there and, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do. I was so stressed out and so uh, afraid and nervous and all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I see Brian walking out of this house and walking towards me. He's like five years old. And he says, daddy, daddy, what are you doing here? And I'm thinking to myself, I'll tell you what I'm doing here. I'm either going to kill you or I'm just going to kiss you and hug you that you're alive. And uh, I went with the kissing and hugging part, by the way. And, and I, uh, I went up to him. I said, son, what happened? He said, well, I knocked on the door and, and nobody answered. So I did what you, mommy and daddy told me to do. I went three houses down and knocked on the door and they let me in. By now, the woman's out, you know. And uh, she's, uh, she's, you know, looking around going, what the heck? What, what's, what's with all the cops and what's with this and this and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, she said, she said, Brian was having such a good time. You know, we were giving him snacks and he was watching cartoons and I don't think he wanted to leave any too soon. So I, you know, I, I just could always identify with that story. Of being, of, of being lost. Well, they go to the temple. They go to the temple. Jesus is there speaking to the elders, uh, asking them questions, answering their questions. And Joseph and Mary come up upon that scene. And Mary says, son, why would you do this to us? Now, he's not a baby. He's 12 years old. Why would you do that to us? In my humanness, in my humanness, I would have wanted to take Jesus by the ear and say, are you kidding me? We've been going out of our minds for three days and you're here and you ask us, why wouldn't you think I was in my father's house? Come on, let's go. I would be a little bit upset. I think most of us would have been a little bit upset. Well, anyway, they went back with him to Nazareth and, and it says, and he grew in wisdom 
and strength. And, and that's the good news. The not so good news is that we never hear about Joseph, the father, again. We never hear about him. What happened to him? Well, some people think he died very, very young, very much. I don't think so. I think that G Joseph was around for quite a while for Jesus and Mary. Um, how do I know that? I don't, of course. But I do know this, that he taught Jesus his trade. He taught Jesus how to be a carpenter. And now some people would say, uh, you know, that Joseph and Mary and uh, Jesus were poor. They were very poor and that uh, they lived a very, very poor life. And I don't, I don't think that was the truth either. I think that Joseph was an um, excellent carpenter, probably an excellent businessman. Probably, as I said before, he also worked with stone. Um, so he was probably a very good mason. And, uh, you know, he taught Jesus to be just like that. So he may have been around, but we don't hear about him when Jesus starts his public ministry, but he, he, he was probably around then. And uh, Mary, I'll say this too, Mary, uh, she was never referred to as a widow. She was referred to as Mary. So who knows what happened to Joseph? Theologians haven't been able to figure that out. Um, how old was Jesus when Joseph died? What did jo Joseph die from? And all of that kind of stuff. And you know what? You know what? Here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because even in those short little stories that we hear about Joseph, I'll tell you what, to me anyway, He's pretty much of a hero. He protected them. He, he, uh, he taught them. He, he was a strong, strong man, person, hero, hero. He, he was obedient. He was a righteous man. He did the right thing for the right reason. And uh, he traveled with them. He was obedient to God's word spoken through the, the angels. He's, uh, he's, he's just a, a real model for not just men, maybe especially for, for men, husbands, fathers, but he's, he's a model for everybody, men and women, young people and old people. He was just uh, absolutely uh, a wonderful guy. And uh, I, I think that this year of St. Joseph is, is very special. It's tainted a little bit with the, uh, you know, the pandemic still going on, but the bottom line is we should all look to St. Joseph for spiritual guidance, for human guidance, for ways to live our faith and uh, to be our protector and intercessor and uh, model for holiness, St. Joseph. Here's how we start our novena each, each night. Glorious St. Joseph, faithful follower of Jesus Christ, to you we raise our hearts and our hands for your powerful intercession through the compassionate heart of Jesus for all the helps and graces 
that we need, especially the grace of a happy death and the special grace for which we now ask. And we put our intercessions in there. And I imagine, I imagine that Joseph is sleeping and under his pillow, our intercessions are put. And the angel comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, these are the intercessions that people have asked for. Please pray to the Lord our God for all of them, for all of those people. Glorious St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you folks for listening to me. God bless you. And uh, we're in the midst of uh, uh, Holy Week, the Easter season. I just, ha just have a blessed, blessed day and, and a blessed time living the gospel. Remember this, Jesus loves you and I love you also. Thank you. God bless you.